Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm really excited to have on the show today, Suzanne Doolin. She's a wonderful yoga teacher, educator, and someone that I personally work with in instructional design. Uh, Suzanne, can you give people a little bit of information about yourself, uh, what you're working on at the moment, and where they can contact you? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. Um, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I teach yoga. I also do business coaching with holistic health professionals. Specifically, I work with people who have teaching as part of what they do, like people who go and give speeches to community groups, or if you're creating an online e-learning platform, like what you're doing uh, with your group, or I help people to develop in-person courses with a whole curriculum. That's usually what I work with is helping people define their curriculum. I also do business training where I help people with sales and help people to understand how they can start up a business. So my background is that I'm a longtime yoga teacher. I oversaw the largest, longest-running discussion board related to yoga for Eric Schiffman, one of the best yoga teachers in the world. He's been retired for a couple of years, which is too bad. Um, but we had this large discussion group. And then I saw a lot of people who really struggled to make a living uh, teaching. And when I went to school to get my master's in engineering management, because I worked in engineering most of my life, uh, that was where I learned business skills and startup skills. And I started to put together a lot of things about teaching having a business based around teaching and how you got started starting up a business. So I left my full-time job last year. Now I'm working full-time and I teach other people how to do that. Nice. That's a lot of uh, stuff in a short time. Uh, just to make sure the audience at home knows, do you have a particular like website or like social media they should follow you on? Yes. My Facebook page is Get a Bigger Boat. My website is gabb.co, gab.co, like for get a bigger boat. And then you can find me online at the Enlightenment community. I have two communities there. One is the get a bigger boat business coaching community, as well as learn yoga step by step, which is just teaching yoga. Nice. So Suzanne, for the conversation today, we were discussing in advance of the podcast a little bit about marketing and advertising, business stuff. What did you want to discuss uh, specifically with the audience? I want to discuss sales um, because uh, as I've been starting up my business, like a lot of people, I dabbled in Facebook ads. And what I found is that advertising is risky. And selling directly is a very low-risk way to start up a business. And I want to teach people a little bit about this because what I've found when I talk with people in the holistic health community particularly is that they're just not aware of the art of selling. But if you were to go into a corporate setting, what you would find is the highest paid people in a corporation are not the marketing professionals it's the sales force and there's a reason that the sales force is so well paid because they're the ones that bring the money into the business and so people who sit down with customers and show them what the company can do and directly sell it that really make the money for a company and I think it's the lowest risk way to start up a business 
is to learn the skills to do that. So I want to talk a little bit about what sales is, because when I talk with people, what I hear is they know about advertising, they know about marketing, social media marketing, but they don't really even know what sales is. And that's what I want to talk about. So how do you define sales specifically then? So sales is where you're actually finding people who are interested and what you have to buy, showing them how you can help them. It's a conversation when you go into a sales conversation. All it is, it's a conversation where you have one, you have three possible outcomes. One is that you can sell them your service. The second is that you can refer them to a referral partner. And the third is that you can tell them, I don't know how to help you, but I'm going to find someone who can. And you go out to people you know, you say, I talked with this guy. I wasn't able to help them because I just didn't think they were right fit for me. But I was wondering if you know someone who could be a good fit for them. So whatever you do in a sales conversation, you're not necessarily going to sell them. You're not there to make them do something they don't want to do. All you're doing is sitting down with them and learning about them, learning about their needs. And then if you can help them, you offer them your services. But if you can't, you help them in another way. There have been times where, and I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, I thought of sales as making someone an offer, offering them something. There's something about the word sales that as soon as you said sales, I could hear half of my massage therapist audience going, ew, they don't like to sell. They don't like the notion. They, they think uh, used car salesmen when they hear that word, and it's really just a used car salesman saying, hey, you need to get to work tomorrow. I'm going to solve this problem with this specific vehicle that's got the features that you want. Do you need a family vehicle? Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to recommend this. The reason I recommend this is it gets good gas mileage and it's a safe vehicle for your kids. That's solving a problem instead of strong arming someone into a sale. Yes. Well, there's a, there's a whole lot of things I want to unpack about what you said. So the first thing I want to talk about is the used car salesman, which is always the example that people go to. There is a reason a used car salesman sell or woman sells the way that they do. It's because it's a high-pressure sales situation. You're walking on the lot. You don't know them from Adam. You're going to drop thousands of dollars on a purchase that you don't usually make, you know, very few people buy a car every year. And so maybe you haven't bought a car for five, 10 years, and it's a lot of money. And if they don't sell you within 40 minutes or however long you're on the lot, they're never going to see you again. So there's a reason that they sell that way. When you are a massage therapist, when you're a holistic health practitioner, when you're a yoga teacher, that's not your business, and that is not an appropriate way to sell. So the way that you build a business when you're a holistic health practitioner is you're doing a much softer kind of sell. So 
that sells is that you're building a long-term reputation as a person with a ton of integrity. You're being super helpful. Your sales cycle might take a long time. Somebody might message you. You might be in a conversation with them. They might come in for a visit. You might have a phone call with them. You might meet them at a party. Then you might text them afterward. There could be quite a bit of conversation happening before they actually come into your office. And so you might end up on a phone call with them. All of those things, it's not a used car situation. You know, you're you're always having a lot of people in your, what they call your sales pipeline and you're working them, you know, like a little message here, a little message there. Oh, this person contacted me by email a week ago. We had a couple of texts. They dropped the ball. Now I need to start back with them and get them back in. So these that's a little different kind of situation. You don't have to shove it down their throat because you are in a situation where you can take your time. And that would be so inappropriate to sell that way. And then the other thing about the that you said about like this whole thing around making somebody do something, that is kind of how I learned sales too. A lot of the language around sales is really off-putting. Like, for example, one of the things that you hear is to get people to know, like, and trust you. Well, didn't you learn in second grade that you can't make somebody like you? So it's all about everything in sales is around the behavior of the customer, but you don't have any control over their behavior. What you do have control over is your behavior. So you can't make someone like you, but you sure can be a good listener. You can't make somebody know you, but you can invite someone to come in and meet you and get to know you. Like you can, all you can do is be really good at service and really good at the process of helping people. But as far as making people buy something, you can't. And once I started to understand that there was a fundamental issue with the language of sales and started to see that the whole thing needed to flip so that it focused on me becoming really good at service, that was when I started to really understand how to do sales in a way I was comfortable with. I always come at it as a massage therapist from a pain-oriented perspective. And when I interact with people, I very very quickly turned the, the conversation away from selling to trying to get you to become a client and turn it towards, well, Suzanne, what kind of pain are you having? Oh, what's going on with that? Where, where do you feel that? Where is that going to? Oh, that's likely this muscle. It looks like but if I go through that for five minutes, there's something about this notion. When we talk about no like, and trust, as a massage therapist, we're typically working with people's bodies in a very intimate way. So the person has to trust me and has to trust my knowledge base to even come in for the first time. It's not even about me in, in this instance. Let's say we met at a dinner party with a bunch of other friends and we just had a conversation about it. You know, I could essentially say, hey, listen, I've, I've got a video on my YouTube channel that shows you how to use a tennis ball to work on that yourself. Let me, let me grab it and send you the link. I never asked once for you to come in and get a session, but what is planted in your head is, especially if you use that video and help yourself, wow, that guy really knew what he was talking about. 
that sort of relationship building is where I get most of my clients. Yes, for sure. Because you're showing them that you're a helpful person and that you're genuine and your desire to help, showing your knowledge. All of those things are smart. As far as what you're saying about the way that you start that conversation being a conversation that's kind of health focused and a professional intake. That's a really smart way. That's actually how I do my sales conversation as I do it as an intake form. When I work with people with yoga, I actually sit down with my computer. I take notes. What does that do? That establishes me as a professional. Also, that gives me notes. I actually have the world's best target market research, which is a database of all the conversations that I've had with my clients where I've entered that into my computer as I'm talking with them. Then I can see what their concerns are and I can see over time these trends. Um, But working as a questionnaire, a health-focused questionnaire, is a great way to do a sales when you're in a health profession. And I'll talk a little bit about what needs to be in that questionnaire beyond just the, you know, typical health information that you get and massage. So there's three questions that you want to ask. The first one is, what's your problem? Not what's your problem in the terms that you think about it. What's your problem? And what you're listening for is, how do you define your problem? And because they're not trained to massage, They're not going to use the terms that you know. They're going to talk about shoulder pain or they're going to talk about, you know, their energy level or uh, whatever it is that brought them in for that massage. Um, And your job is not to translate it into massage language, but simply to hear how they're talking about it and be empathetic. And then the second thing is what you talked about, sort of, you know, like, what's your what's your pain point with that? Like, you know, like what's really, what's really making that, like what's driving you, what's keeping you up at night? What's the, you know, what's that thing you're describing your problem, but like what's, what is forcing you to come in today? What's made you take action on this? And then the third thing is like, what would it look like if your problem were solved, which is a thing that many people never think about. And it's part of what's, you know, driving a lot of people here in sales, like push on the pain points, like, you know, really people, people are in pain. That's a pain point. Like, I don't feel like you have to really push it. You just have to show empathy toward it. But I do think one thing that I have found very valuable is to get people to even imagine what it'd be like if their problem were solved, because I think that gives them a lot of motivation to actually do something about it. Most people So you've had shoulder pain. You've probably been living with it for a while. Why are you actually willing to take action? Well, one thing I think that makes them willing to actually go and pony up for a package of massage and really come in and work with somebody on it is wanting to get through it, wanting to find a better world where they're not living in pain all the time and finding somebody that they actually think can help them with it. Quick break. Hey, y'all. This is Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Show. I just wanted to come in here and say hello to the Twitch, Facebook guys out there. 
Thank you for tuning in. Tcash555, thank you for coming back. Appreciate all the comments uh, and the uh, the respect over there. It's, it's looking good. Okay, so currently Robert Gardner Wellness is doing a free trial on the Reboot Insiders Club. If you want to take advantage of that, you can go to rgwellness.store slash free trial. I'm going to keep this one short and simple. Back to Robert and Suzanne in the studio. Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner again with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast, and I have Suzanne Doolin, educator in the yoga community extraordinaire. Uh, Suzanne, can you tell them again where they can contact you via your website or social media? So my website is gab, G-A-B-B dot C-O, that's co, not com. Um, you can also reach out to me at Get a Bigger Boat on Facebook page. And you can also find me at elightenment.com. That's E-L-I-G-H-T-E-N-M-E-N-T.com. I have two communities there, the Get a Bigger Boat coaching community and the getting Learn Yoga Step-by-Step where I teach yoga. So Suzanne, continue what you were saying about the sales process and some of what you see. Yeah. Um, so there's three steps of the sales process, which is to talk, to learn about your customer, what their problem is, you know, what's bringing them in, and then, you know, what's driving them to take some action on it now, and then what would their world look like if they solved that problem? And then at the end of that conversation, like I said, there's three different outcomes that can happen. One is after you've really listened and empathized and supported them to understand more about the problem, you may feel that your service would be perfect for helping them. And it's pretty easy to sell them at that point because all you need to say is, hey, I heard you say that you had pain in your shoulder and it's really starting to create a lot of problems. You're just repeating their language back to them, right? You had pain in your shoulder and that it's making it difficult for you to be comfortable while you're working. And so you really like to envision a world where you weren't in pain. And you, I think that I can help you, and I know I can help you. And by massage, what, what I want to do is offer you, and you say, you know, a six-session package or a package of three sessions. And here's what we're going to do and how it's going to help you. You want to use the language that they've used, not your own language, to tell them how it would help them because that's how they're going to relate to things. And so that's it. That's your pitch. You know, you're just going to tell them how you can help them and how much it'll cost. It's a sort of like a student, a teacher student relationship or a parent child relationship. They don't know what your services are, they don't know what the price is. It's not their job to tell you how much you should charge or what your services are worth. It's your job to explain to them, I have those services, this is how much it's gonna cost, this is how it can help you. So that's one outcome. And then the second is you need to have a strong referral network. So let's say you're listening to them, I'm just using massage stuff. So let's say you're listening to them, you're like, you know, I don't honestly think I am the best person, but I know a person who does craniofacial massage, and I think that would just be ideal for you. Let me give you their name and number. Why don't we call them up and make an appointment? You want to, like, make it as easy as possible for that referral partner to connect here at where at my office. 
I work in a business incubator and I often walk people in to the local free services that we have available here and sit with them and help them make an appointment. They know it's there half the time. People are like, oh, yeah, I know those services were there. I walk them in. I introduce them. I make them comfortable to take that step. And then the third thing that can happen is that you can not know how to help them, but have an idea of the kind of services that could help them. And then, so always you're helpful, always you're helpful. And you follow up, whether it's the referral, whether it's, hey, let me get back with a referral. But whatever it is, you follow up. Let's set an appointment now, clear future. Let open up my calendar. Let's book you for tomorrow. I have a time at two o'clock. It's going to be $60. Do you want to pay now by credit card or do you want to pay tomorrow in cash? You know, you want to, the closing the sale part is where you make it clear. You can't just tell them, here's a great service. You have to like book them, take their cash, get them on your calendar. And at the end of every appointment, get them on your calendar, get them on your calendar, take their money, keep moving forward as long as you feel that you can help them. The last part about as long as you feel you can help them. My guess is many of the massage therapists that I see, I pay a lot to Facebook forums and things for massage therapists helping them with business advice. I think they lack confidence in some instances to be able to have enough prowess and confidence in their skill level in treatment of soft tissue problems to be able to book people effectively. A lot of the therapists I talk with, it's almost like they're what I call a service provider. The person wants a massage, I provide the massage. It almost becomes commodified in a sense, like you could just switch out practitioners, but what they have to do is they have to develop personal brand around the service that they're delivering that is confident and secure to be able to create that sales channel. Yeah, it takes a long time to develop that confidence. Um, For me, personally, when I first started doing coaching, I was like, how could I help people? Same thing when I started teaching yoga. I didn't feel very confident that I really could help people. certainly couldn't articulate why I was different from another person. It wasn't even though I had was confident in my training, it still didn't translate to being confident and offering my services to people. It does take a long time to figure out your message, figure out who you serve. One process that you can go through that's really useful is what's called a customer avatar. And I'll be happy if people want to reach out to me. Just ask me. I'll send you a link. I have a fill-in-the-blank Google Google version of this, but it's where you think about who your customer is. And that's really useful because it kind of moves your focus away from what do I have to offer onto who do I want to help and how can I help them? What are their problems? And then when you think about that and you start talking to people who have those problems, that's when you start to see that you do have something special to offer. So the the real trick is to get out of your own head and away from all your ideas and to stop thinking about yourself, start thinking about your customer and start hearing from them how desperately they need what you have to offer. So like, for example, I know that you started 
you know, really focusing on pain management because of your own pain. And even though you were giving like sort of the standard massage at first, you were still trying to figure that out. And eventually, I think you started to find those customers who were also desperately seeking pain relief. I don't think that's like, I wish that there were like a quick way through it. But I will say the way to start is a customer avatar. You can Google it. It's called customer avatar. It's a standard thing in business startup. I have a version of it. You can Google it up. There's bunches of these online. But the one that I have, a lot of them are focused more on marketing. The one I have is more focused on business startup. Um, But it's really to sit around and think about who you might actually want to help or are meant to help. Like you feel in your bones, like this is who I'm supposed to help. And spend some time actually talking with those people. You don't even have to, you can just say, oh, you know, I'm, you meet somebody and they have that problem. Just like try to find out like, you know, what do they think about what they're doing? What's, how are they trying to solve their problem? Because a lot of times maybe they haven't heard about what you do and they're like going to a chiropractor or they're going to a medical doctor and they don't even know that massage is an option for what they do. Um, Everybody who works in holistic health has, I think, something special to offer, something unique. And I think it's your mission to figure that out. And don't stop because it's really important that you do that work. There's nobody else out there who does what you do for the people that you do it for. Figure out, stop thinking about what you do. Start thinking about who do I want to help? Just write it down. Who do I want to help? What are their problems? What do they look like? Uh, there's all this stuff in the avatars about what kind of car they drive or what kind of dog do they have or whatever. I don't personally find that that stuff all that valuable. What I think is valuable is like what kind of background do they have that makes them interested in it? I found, for example, in my business coaching, because I work with teaching, that I find that a lot of people have a teaching background understand what I do and are attracted to it. So I've started to look for, oh, okay, people who worked in education, who were teachers, who did e-learning design. Those people I find are my business customers because they understand a little more about what I do. I think target market and niche, what I hear from therapists is they'll say, well, you know, everybody needs massage. And I go, sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. However, if you're going to spend your time and energy, it's best to focus that time and energy on your ideal clients and letting those ideal clients refer to you, their friends, family, loved ones who are in a broader market. If you're going to spend time and energy making blog posts, running ads for specific niche people, you know, who are those people? So for instance, if you're working on athletes, you want your ads, you want your blog posts to focus and center on those activities to draw those people in. Oh, it's a great way to burn yourself out to try to sell to everyone in the world. <laughs> you know, and that's how you end up just really struggling because when you're trying to broadcast and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to limit it. Well, what you end up doing is you end up having no idea who you're really meant to help. And so you're you're just constantly selling to the wrong people. Like the best way to think about it is if you're dating the wrong person, it's hard to be in a relationship with the right person. 
So if you're sitting there with somebody who only cares about clipping coupons, then it's hard to find those people who are going to pay a lot of money for you. And I think that's really hard to make a business that way. You know, like as long as you're chasing after the people that really can't support you or that you're not meant to help, then you're exhausted. And so it's becomes starting up a business. There's a lot of uh, friction at first because you don't really know who you are and you are inefficient. Over time, you start to know who you're meant to serve, able to reach them more quickly. Your sales become more efficient. And that's when you start to make money. So there's no way to not do the hard part. But the important thing is to start really thinking about, like, who am I supposed to help? Because you will just burn yourself out if you try to make everyone happy. And I know that sometimes you, you it's not clear uh, how to define who those people are. But one thing to do is just uh, usually people will start out with a customer avatar that looks a lot like them. So, like, for example, when you started, you probably were looking at other people who had maybe been through car wrecks or who had had tremendous pain. Whereas now I bet that ball has moved a bit to people who don't look exactly like you. So one good place to start is if you were writing out your ideal customer, just make it yourself or your friends or people like you, because likely that's a good place to start. And as you start to actually serve, people get to know them better and learn about them more. Your your idea will evolve. But I would say just start with people who are similar to you because it's not a bad place to start. Quick break. Hey, guys, it's Trent Knox again, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Show. Just take a quick break to say hello again to all the viewers, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, DLive, Twitter, wherever you are out in the world, being able to access this information. Anyway, so currently Robert Gardner is doing a free trial on the Reboot Insiders Club. You can go to rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of that. 400 plus hours of video content and accompanying written uh, instruction. So head on over there to rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of that 30-day free trial. Back to Robert and Suzanne in the studio. Again, it's Robert with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast, and I'm here with Suzanne Doolin. Suzanne, can you tell the audience where they can contact you again? Yeah, one more time. So gab.co. I think we lost Suzanne there. Um, hopefully she comes Online back. Online on Facebook. Oh, there I she have is. a page. Oh, I'm you here. Got disconnected. Can you hear me now? I can hear you again. Sure. I'm going to repeat that. So uh, gab.co, G-A-B-B.co is my website. You can email me at Suzanne at gab.co, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E at G-A-B-B.co. Um, my Facebook page is Get a Bigger Boat. 
And you can also find me at elightenment.com, E-L-I-G-H-T-E-N-M-E-N-T dot C-O-M. I have two communities there. One is a business coaching community called Get a Bigger Boat. And then the second community where I teach yoga called Learn Yoga Step by Step. I know that for myself, Suzanne, as I developed my business, I you know could relate it, I guess, to fishing. Um, I used a certain lure because I was trying to catch a certain kind of fish, and I would go to a certain location, and if I didn't catch anything, I'd go, okay, maybe I use the same lure in a different location. And then it's like, okay, it didn't work in two locations, so I changed lure, same location, finally caught something and went, okay, now how do we repeat that process? What I was doing was listening to the fish. The fish, if I actually had conversations with them, would give me feedback and information about what they were looking for. So if I was working with an athlete who was a triathlete, you know, he was looking for optimum performance, um, didn't have a lot of time to stretch on his own. I go, listen, I think I can help you with your low back pain. And I think that the stretching that you're looking for, essentially, I can do for you. It's going to put you in a better position to be able to perform better in your triathlons. Yeah. When they gave me the information, I just respond to them. And keeping a client, retaining a client, rebooking a client is much more effective than spending money or spending time going out and finding tons of new clients. Yeah, it sure is. And that's really how you build a business. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you a little bit about one of the ways that I know about business in a second, but I just want to talk about that fishing analogy a little bit. So a really great, that's such a great analogy, this idea of the, you know, the bait for the fish. Well, one of the ways that we learn about fishing is like you can read, you know, go onto Wikipedia, say, and let's say you're bass fishing and they're like, okay, this kind of worm or bait is what bass fish love. So you go out, you stick that kind of bait on, you go out fishing and they don't bite because it turns out that the bass fish in your area don't love that particular bait. So you know, maybe you have a friend who knows about that or whatever, somehow you figure out like what they do like. So the thing is, it's what the fish want to eat, <laughs> not what you know about it. So maybe in massage school, you learned all this stuff, but the thing is that you need to stop thinking about what you learned in school and start thinking about people. So one of the biggest issues I run into is that people who are quite knowledgeable have a hard time talking to people who don't have any information. They don't know how to explain it to somebody who's a really rote beginner. It's just tough to like erase all that information. And the way that you start to figure that out is that you start to talk to them. You want to talk to them in their own language. So when people ask, like for example, with yoga, I know a lot about yoga. I know a lot about where it can go. I can talk about yoga all day long. People get sick of it. When people come to me, you know what they want to know? They want to stretch. They want to relax. And I need to shut up about yoga and start talking about stretching and relaxing. You know, that's all they know. And that's all they want to, that's their one problem they want to solve. And I need to talk with them about that problem and show them that I can help them with that problem. Do they care? that they can attain enlightenment or they can learn to meditate or breath techniques or learn balance. No, 
they don't. So it's really tough to sort of shut up about what you know and talk with them about what they need to talk about. Just focus on their one problem, the one thing they came into, show them how you can help them with that. Over time, you can tell them about all the other wonderful things that massage can do, but just talk with them about what they need to talk about in the language that they need to hear it. Somebody who's younger than you might use a different language to talk about things. So, you know, somebody who doesn't have the training you have, they may hear a word. Like when I started business coaching, one of the things I kept hearing people say to me was they liked my authenticity. Well, I have a long background in history and video production. One of the reasons I'm so, quote, authentic on video is I'm very practiced. Most people don't realize how hard it is to be comfortable on video. So what they're calling authenticity is actually being really skillful at being on video from being behind the camera so much. And I wouldn't call it authenticity. I actually call it, you know, being knowledgeable about video production but they call it authenticity. So I need to talk with them about being authentic on video, even though that's not actually how I think about it. So anyway, you need to think about it. So I'm gonna, I promised you that I would talk about a different model for a business. My grandfather, he was the top salesman of all time ever at Sun Life of Canada. He had outsold every other insurance salesman in the world by more than double. He had a business that was based on repeat customers. He made new customers when his customers had children and grandchildren. He had a business. He never advertised, as far as I know. It was all direct sales. A very wealthy man and a very uh, steady business. Once you build, when you have a business where you're really serving your customers, it almost sells itself. It's a whole referral network. You do not need a ton of ads. You do not need, you don't, how many clients do you actually need to support yourself? Sit down and do some yeah, math. That, yeah, as a, as a massage therapist, that's a very hard prospect for new therapists to really understand if they work in private practice, just how few people, if they have hardcore committed regular clients, just how few people it is. Yeah. I mean, you could probably, you know, you can probably sit down and figure out like X number of clients, this much cash, you know, like it's pretty easy to do those kind of numbers. What's your overhead for your space? Subtract that out, make sure that you make enough. You probably, you know, you don't need everyone to love you. You need 60, 90 people. I don't know how many people per month. Do you know, like, typically how many clients somebody needs to see per month to be profitable? Really depends on area. There's so many factors about what they charge, how long the sessions are, What's their general location, meaning like their finance and invested in like the rent on their facility or the money that they need for their family? It's highly variable. So it's difficult to give like absolute numbers. Right, right. Do you know, like, do you have an idea? Like, where do you have an idea for massage therapists in the Austin, Texas area about roughly? 
Mm, no. Um, it, again, it's going to really depend. There's so many variances as in relation to like their rent specifically, which is usually the number one overhead component. You know, you can pay $800 a month in rent easily um, in Austin for a studio, but if you're splitting rent with three or four other people and it's $200 or $300 a month, that's a different scenario. What I do tell therapists all the time is I go, listen, let's say you charge $80 an hour. You know, what could you do with five extra clients a week, which essentially means 20 extra clients a month, which at $80 an hour, uh, let's see, that's 20 times two, is that $1,600 a month, I think? You know, what could you do with an extra $1,600 a month? And they're like, oh, it would change my entire life. And I'm like, okay, if you work five days a week, the goal, just you got to get one extra client a day. And so with business, what we call this is a break-even analysis. And there's a lot of businesses where you kind of have like a certain amount of money that you need to hit just to break even. And then everything above that is profit. And that's a massage therapist business because you're paying your rent, you're paying your utilities, you're paying for your hot stones and all that, you know, stuff. Those those expenses really don't go away. But once you've broken even, everything else above that is profit. A lot of people, you know, they, they don't really have their eye on those numbers so that they can't quite see where that little extra bit of work could get them to, like, real profit. Suzanne, this is America, and those numbers <laughs> are depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sit down. I actually work with financial coach and to set my business targets because, like, right now I'm in a place in my business where I just got to sell my butt off. And, you know, it's not fun even when I teach selling. Like, I mean, I enjoy it. But, you know, you do still have to. It's hard to reach out to people you don't know. It's hard to go to networking events. I don't care how much you, how outgoing your personality is. It's a little bit exhausting to do it. And so you do have to see, you you have to keep your eye on those numbers and understand the, oh, man, you know, if I sell that one more person, if I get one more client in, if I sell one package, that's me, the difference between me just making it and me actually having just a little extra money in the bank, paying a credit card down a little faster. When you start to see the reality of what that money means for you, it motivates you to to get through the hard part of you know, picking up the phone, making that text, man, today I reached out to a customer who I have been trying to reach. He came in a couple of times. I don't know why he disappeared. I've texted him a few times trying to get back in touch with him. Well, today I texted him again. Who knows if he'll message me, but yeah, it's awkward. It's awkward to text somebody who hasn't texted you back. But if we do get in touch again, then, you know, he could be a client who could bring a lot of money into my business. Plus, I really enjoyed working with him. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's my job. I, I tell I tell therapists all the time, it's, if they feel uncomfortable with the sales process, to really try to get them to focus on the connection and relationship with the client. Hey, John, listen, it's just after Christmas. I know you've been busy with the holidays. I just wanted to check in and see when you're ready to come in again. And people take that stuff really yeah. personally. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, this guy dropped off the face of the earth. I talk with yeah. people, you know, you just never know 
why somebody didn't didn't hit you. And often when you text them again or message them again or call them again, you learn that they've been thinking about you, but they just, whatever, they didn't pick up the phone or they got sick or, you know, life happened. And so now they're back at a place. I talked with one client recently, like I met them at a networking event. They were really excited. And then I called them and they said, oh, my car's not working and I can't come. Well, I talked to them a couple more times. They still had crap going on in their life. They asked me if I could possibly move my class to Wednesday. I did that for them. So now we've removed all the obstacles and I'm really excited to work with them. I really feel like I was meant to help her. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just a one phone call to do it. All of that stuff is hard. It's very hard to continue to pursue somebody who's not responding back. But it, please don't take it personal. There are a million reasons why people intend to do things. And massage is one of those things that people put on the back burner. It's, it's you know, one of the reasons I do business coaching is people don't put their businesses on the back burner. It's a little easier for me to make a business that way. But I still love to teach yoga. And so that helps to fund yoga because yoga, like massage, it's a luxury for people. It's the thing they do after they go to business, you know, after they go to their job, after they take care of their kids, after they take care of everybody else in their family, after they put food on the table. It Whereas business is something people, you know, make a stronger priority. But I still love to teach yoga. So I still, you know, like I do some things that are easier to sell, but I still pursue my yoga students because... I still feel like that's my dharma in life. Take a quick break. Hey, y'all. It's Trent Knox again, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. If you don't know now, then probably not going to be able to take advantage of it. But we are currently doing a holiday sale on all digital workbooks, videos, and uh, 20% off of all those digital workbooks and videos. If you go to bit.ly L-Y, forward slash RGW holiday sale, you can take advantage of that. Listen, you only got a couple days left, so take advantage of it while you can. It's going to end on the tw- it's going to end on the second. We're going to go through the first. You're going to have New Year's e- New Year's, uh, and then New Year's Eve. Of course, we're going to have it, but um, New Year's Eve and New Year's, and then on the second, it's wrapped up. No more. So take advantage of that while you can. 20% off of all digital workbooks and videos. Back to Suzanne and Robert in the studio. Hey, guys. It's Robert again with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Really happy to have Suzanne Doolin on. And Suzanne, can, can you continue with the themes that you're going over with sales? I think that the audience is really going to benefit from looking at some of this health-related service provider connection uh, with potential clients. Um, There aren't enough conversations like this in my industry specifically. And, you know, me uh, starting Massage Entrepreneurs was trying to get massage therapists to have these conversations in mass and try to help them build the practices they really want. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, so I want to give a little bit of overview of a sales process and then sort of wrap up a little bit about what we've been talking about. So we've been talking about like this as a low risk way to start up your business because advertising is expensive and it's not always effective when you don't know who your client really is. When you start out, you need to start flipping that conversation away from what do I want to do to who do I want to serve? You can go out and you can look at a customer avatar. We've kind of been talking in different ways about the sales process. For example, we were just talking about reaching out to people that you've already connected with, or you were saying that, you know, the, the most effective way to sell is actually to resell to existing customers. So I just kind of want to go through the over, a general overview of the sales process so that you can understand how people, everybody can understand what you actually do to sell. So the first thing is that you have leads. And that's basically people who potentially might be interested in your products um, or services. And those people, you don't actually know really whether they are. Usually you want to qualify your leads, which means that you want to find out if they're roughly in the ballpark. Let's say that you work with people with pain. One quick way to qualify your leads would be to maybe have something on your website or your Facebook page or a little, it doesn't have to be sophisticated. You have a little Google Forms and then somebody calls you or you get in touch with them. You say, look, I'll send you this little Google Form and it has a few questions to find out how much pain they're in. Well, if they're not in very much pain, probably not a very good lead for you. I want to spend a lot of time on people that you're not going to sell to anyway. So some way to sort of weed out the people that you don't serve, some kind of little tool, some questions to ask to qualify those leads. So once you've qualified your lead, then that person becomes a prospect. And a prospect is somebody who very likely to become a customer. Uh, you can keep track of these people on a customer relationship manager called a CRM. You can look it up. Zoho is a popular one. Um, I use ClinchPad for my CRM, but you don't have to use anything fancy. I have a guy who, what he does is he prints out a page and he just, each of those people that are prospects for him, he just writes down like, hey, I called them Monday. And then Tuesday, I followed up by sending them an email. And I had a conversation on that conversation. Here's a few notes. Oh, they have a couple of kids or whatever. You know, you just take a few notes, write on a piece of paper, and then you can just move those pieces of paper around every now and then open up your file, look through those pieces of paper. Oh, yeah, maybe I should call that guy again. So those are prospects. And then you want to take your prospects and you want to start to turn them into customers. So the way you do that is... You're initiating conversations with them. Why? It's a parent-child relationship. You're the parent, they're the child. You have a service to sell. They, they don't know what you offer or how you can be valuable to them. So you're trying to get them to come in and make some kind of initial conversation with you. Could be over the phone. Could be, hey, I've got a coupon. Come in. You're not making any money off that first thing. People, customers, people... In sales, they track how much it costs to land a customer. So that Groupon, that cut, that coupon, whatever it is that you get to people come in for that first visit, that's the cost to do in business. You will not make money. Don't worry about it. The whole point is get them in there, show them that you can help them, learn about them, learn about what their problems are, and show them how you can be valuable to them. So now you've converted them to a client. 
once they're a client, you want to move them into more and more expensive products. So maybe you start out with a little package. Okay, uh, I have my getting started package. It's easy to sell it, right? What's the point of that? Just to get them to kind of start coming in and get to know you, work with you. And then after that, where maybe you didn't make much money, now you sell them a package for six sessions, eight sessions, 10 sessions, and you're really, you know, like getting a chunk of money at time, and then you resell them. So let's say they come in for 10 sessions, be sure at the end to resell them into another one. Maybe they say, well, I'm out of money. I don't have money right now. Okay, great. Put that in your file. I'm going to call them up in a month when they have money again. (laughs) And we're going to sell them again. So you want to track your existing customers and make sure that the people who've dropped off don't just fall off the face of the earth. So I'm going to tell you, so you want to resell. So lead and then a prospect and then they become a customer and then you want to resell your old customers. Um, There's a super easy way to reconnect with your old customers. It's called the nine-word email. You send out an email. The title is their name. And then you say, are you still interested in massage? And then you say, hit reply if you are. And then you sign your name. It takes like 10 seconds to put it together. You can put it in your, if you have MailChimp or whatever, uh, cost constant contact that you keep in touch with your customers with, or you could even just text them out, you know, hey, are you still interested in massage? Uh, hit reply if you are. I had a client who just did this. They engaged two new clients. That's $9,000 in their business that they got from 20 minutes of work with their MailChimp. So that's just a quick way to, it's called warming up your leads. Basically, if you haven't been in touch with people for a while, you just kind of want to like remind them, hey, I'm still out here. You don't have to be super fancy. People read all of these advertising, marketing things, these gimmicks. Forget about it. Just be a human being. What would you want somebody to say? What what I want in an email is I want a complete lack of personality and I, I want to be sold stuff. In a, buy this package, buy this package, buy this package. And by saying that, I'm being completely sarcastic. In other words, even though I have stuff for sale in my emails, people regularly tell me, students, for instance, they'll come to a class. I'll say, where did you find me? And they said, Robert, I found you four years ago from a YouTube video. I downloaded your workbook. I never got off of your email list, and you never bombed me with your emails. Every email had another podcast, more information, more free content, and I never unsubscribed. And then finally, I had the money and the time and inclination. I came into a class. How much is that student worth? A lot. And that's the thing. It's like if you just see ads, and when I say ads, I mean sale, 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 sale. It becomes about commodifying the person instead of interacting with the person in a heart-centered way. Well, I think that we do emulate what we see. And there are some some situations where sales like that, like um, I went to a county fair and there were some people who were selling these little plates that had a grater bottom and you grated garlic on them. And they had a whole song and dance around this plate. And they're very good. Like the way that they sold was so entertaining. And we've all seen those infomercials where you almost can't like peel your eyes away from them because these people are such good salespeople. 
you're not selling made-for-TV products. You're not selling the garlic plate at the county fair. Watching those kind of people sell is wonderful, and it's fun that there are people who do those entertaining sales, but that's not an appropriate way to sell a service. You want to think about my grandfather, who wasn't a very funny or entertaining man. He was kind of a grouchy old Jewish guy, but he had a hugely successful business because he was very, very good at serving his customers. He got a tremendous amount of joy from giving them the best service possible. And that is a great business to build. Like it's a business where you're helping people. You're helping the people that you're meant to help. I say fight for it, you know, like fight for that and be a human being, like be that person, be the person who's always teaching people, always helping people. Isn't that what you dreamed of being, not some sleazy salesperson? I'm not saying become a sleazy salesperson. I'm going become totally focused on helping people, which is why you enter massage in the first place is to help people. And all their heart, all their dreams for massage therapists, and I know massage therapists the best, all of their dreams, all of their aspirations can be accomplished if they focus more on the business. And what that means is transporting your heart to wherever that client is. I know that therapists can do it. What I consistently see is that therapists aren't exceptional at business, and then people come in from outside of the massage industry to open a spa, to open the next facility. And I keep going, therapists, why aren't you opening that facility? And this is the thing. They're good artists. They're not necessarily good business people. You know, I I had the same problem with yoga teachers and myself. I'm so glad you brought it up because – what I learned in the process of going about business was a couple of things. One was actually this idea that yoga teachers, holistic health practitioners, massage therapists aren't good at business is not true. Almost all the people that I know actually have an interest in business. They have an awareness that by having a small business, that's how they're actually going to do their work. They need a business. And most people are actually pretty interested in the marketing. They figured out WordPress so that they can make a website. But the problem is that they're not really connecting. There's a fear of connecting to the actual people. So they're kind of hiding behind things like mailing lists or Facebook pages or Facebook ads, waiting for the people to come to them. And the, what I see is that People really struggle to overcome their inherent insecurities to focus on helping other people. So they spend a lot of time sort of stewing in their own ideas and not able to like really push past it to see how important their work is. So I want people to know holistic health is important. Massage is important. I am interested in massage because I have had a lot of massage. It has affected what I do as a yoga teacher. I depend upon massage because I have mental health problems that I find massage helps when yoga when I don't have the energy to do massage to do yoga. You know, yoga takes energy. Massage is more I can lay down and somebody does the work on me. 
even though you can't quantify it, even though it's not as easy to show as the things that have been medically proven, holistic health is always going to be on the boundaries by definition. I think it's super important what we do. You have to find the people you're meant to help. You, It is painful not to be doing your work. As a healer, when you're meant to help people, if you're not helping them, it is awful. I've talked with a lot of people who have been in that situation. You learned to be a massage therapist because you're meant to help people. You have to overcome whatever your fears are around business so that you can find those people and start helping them. Otherwise, you you will get sick. You'll get mentally ill. I'm, I'm not threatening you. I'm telling you what I've seen. I've talked with the people who haven't been able to get over their own issues to find the people they're meant to help. And they are, they're not well. They're not happy. Only teachers need students. Massage therapists need clients. You cannot do your work as a healer without having people to care for. So it's your obligation to go out and find those people you're meant to serve. And the way you do it is by learning how to sell, learning how to market. And and I know that maybe those things aren't comfortable, but they're learnable skills. And they're just find someone that you can relate to, somebody that you trust, and just keep at it. Because eventually one day the light will go on, you'll understand it, and then you'll actually be able to make a living doing what you love, what you're meant to do. It's really important. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Suzanne. If there's anything I could say to massage therapists is that they have to love what they do and have a grit and determination to make it no matter what. If you're willing to do that and continue to devote yourself to the art and the business, I know that therapists can figure it out. And hope, fortunately for us, there's a great teachers like you giving information like that for free. Listen, Suzanne, I'd love to have you on the podcast again soon. We can pick whatever topics related to this or other conversations that you'd like to have. Um, can, for one last time, can you tell people where they can contact you? Yeah, and also I just want to say related to what you said that if we get some comments on this, let me know what you're interested in learning and then we'll, you know, we'll make that the next topic. So like, you know, people who are listening to this, let us know what you're interested in and we'll make that the next thing. You can reach me at gab.co. My business is Get a Bigger Boat. I have a Facebook page, Get a Bigger Boat. You can find me there. And then also you can find me at elightenment.com in the Get a Bigger Boat coaching community and step learn yoga step-by-step community. Great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, Robert.